0: Alright, welcome into the Broadlines podcast, our teaser episode. I am Kyle Scott from CrossingBroad.com, joined by Bob Wankel, also of CrossingBroad.com. Bob? What's happening, man? How we doing? Good. Yeah. So, I want to set the scene a little bit for... Uh, everyone who may be listening, this is our, effectively our teaser episode, and I want to kind of give everyone a preview, but also give some substance. This isn't just going to be filler, we're actually going to talk about the legal sports betting market in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So, if, so for our current local audience, you'll want to actually listen to this episode because I think it'll be really informative for you, um, but we also want to kind of give you a high level uh, uh, take on what this podcast is going to be. So, for those of you who don't know us, for those of you in Philly and around the area, you know us from crossingbroad.com. Philadelphia, right now, as we stand in the beginning of 2019, is the sports betting, legal sports betting market in the United States. New Jersey is the first major state to legalize betting and online betting. Pennsylvania will be the second major state to do so, putting Philadelphia at the effectively the nexus of these two states. Uh, You have legal sports books here in PA now. You'll soon have online sports betting. We're finding out today. It might not be until July, which is a little bit disappointing, but that's okay. Um, So for our local audience, the reason we're focusing on this so heavily is because just of where we're located, and this is going to change sports. People might not realize it today, and I don't like to get into over-hand-wringing, uh, about stuff, but this really will five years from now, this six, seven years from now, this will be like the way fantasy had changed your football viewing experience. And you, do, you didn't really know it. If we would have told you 10, 15 years ago, every show will be built around fantasy other than your home team, you'll be watching almost only for fantasy implications in the NFL on Sundays. Betting's going to do that not only to football, to every single sporting event, every single night. It's going to be a part of the culture. The announcers are going to talk about it. It's going to be part of on-screen overlays. So it's a big deal for us here in Philly. Um, And then for for those of you who are not familiar with Crossing Broad, Broadlines is our new sports betting vertical that will not only be Philly-centric, will be geared towards a national audience. And the idea is to give you, and then Bob, you can kind of fill in here, is to give you smart, hopefully entertaining gambling takes without trying to sell you picks and without going so far in the weeds um, where we lose you in 1500 words of a wall of text we're trying to strike the balance between good sports analysis with analytical data with betting applications while at the same time understanding that we probably don't have answers that are any better than what you have at home The best bettors in the world hit 54% of the time. We are very clearly not the best bettors. (laughs) However, we want to give you something to think about. We want to help identify interesting trends, and we're developing uh, really premium betting tools to identify those trends, live odds feeds, all the things that you might be used to maybe paying for elsewhere. We want to make that available for free as part of Crossing Broad and Broadlines and foster a multi-platform conversation about betting. So,, uh, I'll let you kind of weigh in here.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess first, let's just talk a little bit about one of the one of the first things you said, which was just how it's going to change the way that we sort of consume live sports. I think that what you're going to see, and you mentioned the point about fantasy football and how that really changed the way that the the coverage on television was centered and structured, um, I mean, right now, you see a ton of betting content out there on the, on the internet. I mean, you can go pretty much anywhere, and all the major websites are covering these games from betting angles, and uh, you have, obviously, uh, certain websites that are entirely dedicated to the, the betting aspect of it. But... I think you'll cons- continue to see that grow. Um, but in addition to that, you're really, I think, going to see big differences on television, right? Like right now when you watch NFL games, you might hear Al Michaels like casually allude to it, uh, the point spread or, you know, that. Cryptically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, well, this is going to matter for someone out there, you know. And I think really what you're going to see now is more of an open and honest and, and really a direct conversation about the betting implications as the game unfolds. I also think that you're going to see more television shows, um, dedicated more video content, dedicated to talking about point spreads leading up to games uh, in any given week. And obviously we're talking about football right now, but that's going to extend across all sports. And I really think that the in-game production of, of sports and uh, live sporting events is going to be drastically different as well. I think that you're going to see on-screen graphics. I think that this may eventually progress two, three, four years out where you can maybe even, you know, I want to say that the, the, Networks or the, the broadcasts almost egg your betting uh, in a way, where they're showing you certain data, where they're showing you certain lines as the game unfolds. I think that that's where we're headed.
0: Yeah, and, and look, I don't. Need, I want to the two things you mentioned. So go back to the on-screen graphics and overlay. Look at baseball right now. You're starting to see exit velocity. They're dipping their toes into some of those advanced metrics on the screen, and I, I don't think the average viewer really. Um, has a way, it, it's a lot of information, even for someone who understands the implications and what is good, what is not good. But now you start applying some of the, that sort of data, regardless of the sport, and you know people have money on the game, that gives you kind of a vehicle and a and a uh, justification for posting that sort of data. So I think you're going to see only more of that, and it's going to be incorporated in a way where you might there might be the option to bet on Props specifically about pitch speed or exit velocity. That I can is give not you an example fetched.
1: of that. I think that if you um, you put up advanced stats on a screen and says, you know, um, th- this particular pitcher is getting a 22% whiff rate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, against left-handed hitters, and then you have your app open, or, you know, or it may even be on screen eventually down the road, but say you have your app open, and what will the result of this at bat be? You know, and it will either be, you know, base hit ground out, fly out, or strike out. Well, if I know that I have a favorable matchup for my pitcher and I know that he has a a certain whiff rate and that a certain hitter might have a propensity to strike out against breaking pitches, and and you're gonna be able to put all of that data and information together and make those bets. Uh, And I think that you're going to see this integration of the analytics and some of the data that we are a little bit intimidated by as casual fans, Mm -hmm. I think that that's going to become more of a commonplace, and I think it's going to be a little bit more easily digestible. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to become a mainstream thing, some of that uh, information that right now we kind of go, well, I'm not ready to go beyond batting average or yards per pass in football or free throw percentage. I think we're going to start seeing some of that advanced data become more commonplace and use it when we make live wagers. Because I think, though, pregame betting is obviously huge and it will continue to be so. The evolution of in-game betting, I think, is really where the industry is headed. And if you listen to the experts, they, they tend to agree with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's something like 70% of the market in Europe is like some variation of live betting. Yeah. And when I think that is the thing that gets overlooked here in the U.S. when you See the media coverage of sports betting. Typically, it's about the physical sports book, uh, which will be increasingly a smaller portion of the pie. It already is in New Jersey, and it's going to just keep shrinking as online grows. I don't want to say shrinking; that will plateau, and online will continue to balloon. And I, I think, you know, people underestimate live betting is huge in Europe, and a lot of that is soccer. There are not many definable events in soccer. That you can bet on throughout the course of a game. So when you look at soccer live bets, it's like yellow cards, corner kicks, corner kicks penalty yeah. kicks, stuff like that, but there's not that much now. Take your average NBA basketball game or Major League Baseball game and think of how many define or tennis yeah. match even, golf, definable events happen in a five-minute span from at-bats to pitch, you know, pitches to results of at-bats and innings. And runs being scored, and, and that's just and one certainly score.
1: in football. I mean, the stop and start of every individual play. What type of play will this be? Will it be successful? Will it net five yards? Will mm-hmm. it result in a touchdown? You know, what's the result of this drive going to be? Yep. Uh, there's so many options, and, and yeah, I think that really you're going to see it, it almost has like a slot machine effect to it too, right? Like, hey, will this next pass be completed? No, okay, I'm jumping back in. Here I am again, and again, and again.
0: And I think what you're I think the natural progression of that is. Today, you might say, I'm going to bet $100 on the game. And most people look at that through the guys. Why was it people were betting $100 on the entire game? Well, the answer is because back in the day, you were either at a physical sports book and you had the opportunity to walk up to a window and pay a human being, or more nefariously, you were in the back room of a bar handing somebody an envelope, Bob. Um, <laughs> and never, never. And you had one chance to place that bet. Now imagine you were sitting in a room full of people where you each had chips and you're sitting in a bar with four friends and you guys had chips and say, all right, next at bat, I got a home run here. That's what live online betting is. Yeah. So it might be, the the question might be reframed to be, I'm gonna bet $100 on the game. I'm putting $100 into my account for this game and I'm gonna bet $20 on the first inning. I'm gonna bet uh, $5 here, $5 there. That's where you get the slot machine. You know how much you can Stomach for the game, and that allows you to take some longer props. I'm gonna bet Bryce Harper at plus 1200 to hit a triple this game. And you know, those are the sorts of things that I think are gonna add to the interactivity, they're gonna keep people engaged in games, and they're gonna get you away from having to plunk down, they're gonna allow you to diversify bets a little bit rather than plunk down $100, which is the equivalent of throwing that on black in roulette. Whereas if you walked up to the blackjack table and played $100, you could play 10 hands with that.
1: Yeah, and I think that there's a couple other aspects to it, too. I mean, I think that when we go out now, you go out to the bar, you go out to dinner, you're hanging out with your friends, you have your phone out, and you're checking Twitter, you're checking Instagram, you're checking your text messages. The second-screen like experience. Thing. It is yeah. a second-screen experience. It's one more thing to kind of add into the repertoire. Oh, check the arrow there. Um, And I also think that, you know, just the social aspect of it, I think we are reaching a point now in 2019 with the legalization of of sports gambling in New Jersey and and will follow suit in other states. It's not a taboo thing anymore. I think that we've reached the point where it's like, yeah, I got money on this or, you know, I have money on the first quarter. I have money on this at bat. It's not a thing that you're kind of keeping in private, you know, because of the legalization aspect of it. I think it's going to be something that is more widely accepted. Certainly, it's going to be more widely talked about and more widely advertised too, which there are pitfalls to that. It, it can be dangerous. Um, it can get out of control. And, you know, I don't know that this is what we want to talk about right now, but down the line, maybe that's something we address. But I just think it's going to be a much more open. You don't want and, to talk about Brandon ex- Lang getting
0: pissed on in the movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just think it's going to be a much more open and accepted practice, really.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, I, and I, I actually think the the gamification of it takes away from a little bit of the the stigma. And like I just said, you kind of get to diversify yourself throughout the course of a game. Not not that people won't get hooked, and with good reason. I think one of the things the industry has to do, and we were at a conference this summer where they talked about this, The Daily Fantasy got in trouble a little bit, got itself unwanted attention because they their advertising was based solely around these million-dollar payouts. And that was the that is like 1% of the daily fantasy experience. Daily fantasy, I could challenge you and three buddies on a Sunday and we could each put in 10 bucks and it's totally innocent, but they advertise the big payouts and that is where you know, the notion of things being a little bit more predatory comes in and I think you're gonna see the marketing of sports betting be more casual and friendly than uh, and try and get rid of some of those um, you know, tropes or for lack of a better word that go with it. The other thing is you talked about you know, kind of looking at your phone. For years, I know back as far as 2011, there was a, a company here in Philly uh, that wanted to create the second screen experience and have you uh, look at stats on your tablet while the game was going on. And what happened is that whole quote unquote second thing, second screen thing never really took off. And what it was was people just looking at Twitter right. or Instagram or Facebook. Now, the, I think part of the sports second screen experience will be hey, I'm looking at the live odds. Even if you're not betting, It turns out to be really interesting because it's kind of giving you this live probability on what you're yeah, seeing like I'm in front invested,
1: of you. let's say it's an Eagles game, and I, I care about the outcome of the game because right. I, I'm an Eagles fan. Right. Well, now I want to know, hey, it's 17-10. It's they're down in the third quarter. They have the ball on their own 40-yard line. What's the probability that they're going to win this game? Mm-hmm. I mean, I do that all the time, even yep. if there's no action involved. I always just kind of look at it and say, this game's now progressed. They were uh, plus 700 a quarter ago. Now look at it. After a momentum swing, now they're down to plus 200. I I feel pretty good about their chances moving forward. So you look at those things, and I think that a lot of times we do that as casual fans. You look at a point spread before a game occurs, right before it kicks off, and you say, well, they're a seven-point favorite. They should win this game. It kind of lets us know how we should feel as viewers. So I think that that is part of it, even if there is no money directly involved. Yep.
0: Yeah, and that's always been a part of the sports conversation. Even if you're not a bettor, hey, there's seven-point underdogs going into this game. You know it's a long shot. Now the casual fan, even if you're not betting, you can access those things in real time throughout the course of the game and say, hey, my team that came into the game as a big underdog goes up 10 nothing, and yet they are still a three-point underdog yeah. in this game gives you a sense as to how you should feel about that lead.
1: Well, one of the things I said at the top of the show here was that there's a lot of written content built around around sports and, and sports gambling. That's true, but it's primarily football, right? Like right now, the ebb and flow of the week, you see the initial line come out. There's some speculation about it. You'll see some written articles out there. And then as the week progresses, it's let's analyze this game and pick it. And so a lot of people do picks. A lot of people do picks ATS. And It's really about football. What we are going to see, and I think that this is what's going to be the different spin on things, is that you're going to start to see daily articles produced by sites like ESPN, SI.com, Us, you know, um, other... Different entities, you're going to see daily articles on basketball games, on football games, uh, on on ba- uh, hockey games. You know, it's going to be more wide ranging. That concentration that we see in football content is going to start to spread to other sports. As far as we're concerned, you know, if you read our site, if you, if you visit crossingbroad.com and you're familiar with what we've kind of done, and we really started to do this the second half of the football season, I would say, is mm-hmm. when we started to implement our stuff. You had said it. I mean, we're not going to try to sell you on our our 10-star lock of the month. We're not asking you to pay for picks. We just want to provide content that is smart, that's educated, that might even show you both sides. We might write articles, and we did this certainly before the Super Bowl. We said, if you like the over, here are some things to consider. These are angles, trends. Reasons that you should feel good about it, and we'll give you the flip side too. Here's why you should like the under, and we'll give you a lot of data, trends, statistics, things of that nature to back up those angles as well. What we want to do is inform people. We want to give them good information on a a semi-routine basis, and as this thing builds and as we move forward as a company, I think that what you're going to see when you visit the site is our traditional Philly sports content blended with, you know, daily gambling information. With our broad lines content, which is
0: the the betting vertical. And I think we're at a point now, the industry, uh, the betting industry, the betting sports media industry is at a point where we can kind of redefine what sports betting content is. When you look at fantasy sports content, that meshes very well with just regular sports content. You're just kind of talking about the games with a bend, with a a numbers-based analytical bend towards fantasy. The same thing will happen for betting when you're talking about these lines and stats and trends and all of that. And what you're not going to see a lot less of is the Godfathers, the Philly Godfather, the Godfather. You know, all these guys that are trying to sell you picks because at the end of the day, if they're selling you picks, the, the real guys who are actually good at betting, the very small handful of, of sharps who are in that 54 56% range, they're not selling you their picks. And by the way, like it's a losing proposition to pay for somebody else's picks. There's no victory. Our aim is to foster interesting dialogue, try and unearth, there are advantages to be had in many cases, Absolutely. if you know what to look for. But we're not here to sell you picks, we're here to create and foster an interesting environment. And what we're doing from a business standpoint is giving you web content, giving you premium betting tools that will be free. So if, if you are um, uh, someone who is out there who is paying $50 or $100 a month to access some premium tools and historical data, um, I would give us a like because we're going to offer that for free to you. Um, uh, we will partner with some of the sports books. That's you know that's how we will make money doing this. Um, but it's it's very transparent. Hey, if you hit our promo link and go back and play with DraftKings or FanDuel, yeah, we'll we'll get a little bit of a cut for referring a new player. But it's a win win. Um, you were going to play anyways. They're looking for people to help kind of promote sports betting, and and that's kind of where we fall in the middle here. Um, we are recording this podcast. We have video here. Uh, we are in our Doylestown studio, which is getting built out. Uh, right now we have a chalkboard, which is kind of, I think, you know, slightly ironic, our big board. Uh, but we, uh, we're going to be getting some new equipment in here pretty soon. And I think you're going to find, uh, the frequency with which we, we broadcast. We want to be everywhere. If you are interested in sports betting, you're going to see us in your podcast feed, your Facebook feed, your Instagram feed, and you know, your, your email, your news feed, whatever it is. Um,
1: so let's talk a little bit about what's happened in New Jersey yes. so far. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the books go live. Uh, I guess it was the beginning of August this past year in 2018. Online, August yeah.
0: 6th was the DraftKings
1: uh, launch. And so we've seen now DraftKings go live. We've seen FanDuel go live. Sugar uh, Sugarhouse um, is live in New Jersey. 8-8 Sport. Um, what am I missing? Uh,
0: I mean, there's a lot. Uh, of BetStars, NJ. Bet stars William Hill, PointsBet, yep.
1: Um, and I guess, really, the one thing that I, I've kind of said, and uh, I mean, I've had an opportunity to use them all. I, I've kind of dipped in and out of them, seen what the menus look like, see what the betting options look like. Uh, every book's a little bit different, but in a lot of ways, they're very, very similar. The one thing that I I tell people all the time, and I don't mean this to sound salesy, because you know we just basically said it, it, it does benefit us if you use us or go through us and, and use our referrals, but... I think that the great thing, if you're somebody that really likes to bet on sports and you bet on sports with some type of normal frequency, the ability to see different prices, to see different odds, to see different options. You know, you might not like a game at two and a half. I'll use football. You know, you might not like that spread at two and a half. You might want that dog and you might want the three. And, you know, you could always buy up at a book. But maybe that other book already has it at three and it's at 110 a side and you're not paying minus 135 type of odds to kick it up to three. To have options, to have the ability to shop and compete like you would anytime you go to buy any product, it's really nice and you're not married to whatever your bookie's offering on a given night or a given day. So that's a a really nice thing. I I think that if this is something that you plan to get involved with and invest in, you have to give yourself those options.
0: And it's a pretty new um it's a pretty new uh it's a pretty new opportunity i guess because you think about four, obviously with physical sports books you're kind of limited to where you're at or who your bookie was with the offshore books yeah i mean you could be a part of many of them but the the amount that were truly trustworthy and you probably don't want to scatter your credit card with n- nine different offshore <laughs> nah. sports books um the opportunity now with the legal regulated market is is akin to a shopping app. It allows you to sign up safely and securely with a number of trusted players backed by regulated legal casinos, um, you know that are that are backed and verified by the state. So it does get and you know by having the mobile apps in the app store where you don't have to go to. Um, you know other sites and stuff like that, and you could just pop in and out of apps and see the prices. Some of the value we want to add is aggregate those legal lines for you, so you can quickly come to us and say, "Okay, I like this team here. Where am I getting the best value?" And that opportunity now in 2019 is better than it ever has, and will only continue to get better. The ease with which you can bet in different markets, and you know, if you're someone who doesn't understand, and this is, you know, I'm a big value guy. Oh, yeah. If you're looking at a football total. Chances are that, you know, you see a two-point line swing or a one and a half point advantage in a direction that you like, it's not just like one percent difference. Chances of a football game typically are between 40 and 60 points, and they start to narrow in the high 40s, you know, in the high 40 range, when you get movement on a, a point, you know, one or two-point direction, and you're able to gain value by betting with book A versus book V, that is not just a 1% advantage. That's that's a 10% advantage in the direction that you like.
1: Yeah, and not only that, I mean, I think that people take for granted, if, if you look at a game and you say, all right, it's minus 110 at book A, and it's minus 115 or minus 120, it's all juiced up at another book, you mm-hmm. go, yeah, whatever, you know, it's only, if I have a $50 bet in, five, this is only 5, five bucks, 10 yeah. bucks whatever. But, you know, you said it, you're talking about the best bettors on earth hitting somewhere between 54, 56, you get on a heater, maybe you're up 65 for a month or something like that. But those losses add up, and that money adds up. That five here, five here, ten there, fifteen there. You know, and over time, you're talking about hundreds of dollars. If again, you're betting on a weekly basis, a daily basis, you want to save every penny you can, you possibly can on those losses. And so, again, the deck the idea, is already stacked against it you. It is, and to just mm-hmm. give away that extra five dollars on a fifty, hundred dollar bet is insane. So again, just having that option to, to kind of shop the odds, shop the lines. Uh, I think is really advantageous, not only that, but within each of the books, uh, a lot of them have really good promos on individual nights or any given night. There might be a boost where you get a higher payout on a parlay. There might be individual player bets that certain books are offering, and within each of those, you can find some really unique opportunities. And The bottom line is, though a lot of people do this to try to make money, a lot of them do it for entertainment purposes. And so these books, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, BetStars does a really good job with it. And I know that they're a little lesser known, but they do a really good job with these boosts and the player bets. Uh, And they're a lot of fun, too. So it's definitely something that I've been pleasantly surprised with because I went into it a little bit skeptical. I say, you know, I have a relationship with a guy. You know, we all have a guy. I don't need DraftKings. I don't want to bet with FanDuel. I don't want to take the money directly out of my account. I'll just square up at the end of the week. And that's one thing that people that are used to having the bookie or the guy down the street they like. They didn't have to give the money about your legs and your thumbs. So who needs two legs? But you know, I have. I must say, like the options that you get through these legal markets are more widespread and they're a little bit more fun than what you would traditionally get, probably with a lot of your old you know, old action. And what's
0: been interesting to see the market so so far in New Jersey, the market has been pretty much dominated by DraftKings and FanDuel. I think, th- I, uh, uh, to me, there's two reasons for that. One is, they're the two big sports, I don't want to say betting, because Daily Fantasy was not betting, of course, um, but two big sports gaming brands, right? So they had the leg up. They also came out with very Tech forward apps. Neither of them are perfect. And I think we could both nitpick both apps to death. Sure. But when you compare them to some of the other apps that launch at the same time, particularly or around the same time, MGM, Caesars, William Hill, these are physical sports books that feel like they were sort of bolted onto an app. Whereas DraftKings and FanDuel are tech companies. The Play Sugarhouse app, it's not perfect. It's not as in the interface isn't as friendly as DraftKings or FanDuel but they had a working functional app because it was an online casino prior PointSpec coming out of the gate not a physical book not a physical background young five-year-old Australian company they get the tech side of it you open that app you immediately feel like you're using an app not MGM where they tried to just you know somehow figure out it what to do junky. With. It, looked, it jo- looked I mean, like it looked a- like they tried to take their big board and put yeah. it on a small screen yeah. and they didn't know what to do with it So, you're seeing these two players dominate the market. But what's really interesting is um, as betting fans out across the country, and this is a question we're getting a lot here in Pennsylvania is, you know, when am I going to be able to bet and where? And it's going to be such a fragmented market that even if DraftKings and FanDuel enter a state like Pennsylvania, and that's not a guarantee, particularly for DraftKings right now. These might actually be different apps. So I know a lot of our audience is interested in the, the PA ramifications. Yeah. When
1: When's it going to happen? Yeah. I want to so, bet.
0: So here's kind of the lowdown on where we're at with Pennsylvania. Um, all along, we were at a conference last summer. One of the chief regulators from the state was there, and this was in June. And they yeah. said... Legal physical sports books would be live around the start of football season, and online betting by the end of the year. Well, obviously, we're recording this here at the end of February. Uh, that has not happened. The, the physical books open start opening, I guess, late November, early December. So they're about two to three months behind. And all along, we figured, okay, the online books will be about that same uh, about that same time period behind. Maybe they launch by March Madness. Recently, I've been here on April 15th, which is kind of when this 60-day period uh, related to the Wire Act, which we'll talk about in a second, would end and give some certainty in the market. Today, we get some news. One of the regulators speaking at some sort of uh, hearing. i, I got to go back and kind of read through it. It's saying probably end of Jul- June, early July. Yeah, so i, I got to dig into the hearing, but what it sounds like is... Um, we're looking at late June, early July for online betting and here's the reasoning, so a lot of people are wondering what's taking so long, so about a month ago, the Department of Justice, and I'll try not to go too in the weeds but explain it adequately, the Department of Justice issued a clarification on the Wire Act the Wire Act is an old timey bill that was essentially meant hey. to, <laughs> to prevent uh, online um, cross-state betting with Mobsters. I mean, that, that was really the gist of it. I, I'm sure someone out there will correct me, but I mean, more or less, that was kind of the, 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 the nut of it. It um, doesn't really apply to an online world. So that is, the Wire Act has existed for a while. These sports books and online sports betting have been operating under its purview. That is the reason if you were in Pennsylvania today or New York, you have to drive over a bridge into New Jersey and place a bet. You cannot place that bet from PA into New Jersey. Makes sense. They issued this clarification, many think at the behest of Sheldon Adelson, this big Vegas casino magnate who is good buddies with Trump, who a lot of their cronies are in the Department of Justice, and there was some pl- pressure applied. This guy is a fossil who everybody's waiting to die. And... <laughs> and seriously. And uh, I have heard one person in the industry say, well, if Adelson dies or Trump leaves office, this will all sort of shake itself out. But uh, for now, you do have this added uncertainty. And what happened is they compelled the Department of Justice to issue a clarification on this Wire Act, not a new law, not law, just sort of their opinion as to how they might enforce the Wire Act. And what they said is it would start applying to things like, previously it was only sports betting, but it would start applying to things like cross-state poker. So if you were in a state Mm. that had online poker and you were playing against people who might be in another state that had legal online poker? Now you're cross-state betting. It could even reach as far as lotteries like the Powerball, where All it's right. a lottery in one state, but you can bet on it in mul- or you know put money on it in multiple states. So it affects those things more than sports betting. But what it did is it spooked everybody in the industry, and it said, "Oh God, you could t- if you take this out to its most logical, con- like illogical conclusion, you could consider." there's a line in there about information that assists in betting. So our website is based in Pennsylvania. We promote sites in New Jersey. You could actually take that to, well, we're helping people who read our site right. with a server that is in, actually our server is with another company. I think it's in California.
1: Have you ever lost sleep over potentially violating the Wire Act?
0: No, because it's <laughs> it's completely absurd and it's not a modern ruling, but it spooked everybody in the industry right. because if our server is in California and we provide someone even a, you could go so ridiculous as to say, our server in California has a box score that might be adding uh, aiding you in New Jersey on placing a bet we're aiding in a cross-state that's how absurd it right? it is it doesn't apply it just wasn't built to consider the internet where the direct impact could be for some of these sports books is having servers if you're a casino in Pennsylvania having a server that's based in Colorado but you're the taking bets in Pennsylvania or um, you have your server in Pennsylvania, but someone puts their credit card in to sign up to bet with you, PA Sportsbook, but their credit card server, your bank, Bank of America, I don't know, is based in Delaware or Wisconsin or Minnesota. Now, you have cross state lines to aid in a betting transaction.
1: So, I guess the question then becomes, with all of that considered, Department of Justice says what, and what does this mean for me sitting in Pennsylvania now trying to place a bet, and soon... So,
0: yeah. So, I mean, that's why you're seeing a delay. There have been significant pushback from um, I, I, the, uh, like, high-ranking politician. I want to say Attorney General of New Jersey. I, I might get who it is wrong. High-ranking politicians in New Jersey and Pennsylvania Rhode Island have pushed back forcefully and aggressively on the Department of Justice, actually filing a Freedom of Information request or threatening to do so, to see if Sheldon Adelson compelled them to do this. I mean, it's really absurd. So there's a 60-day public comment period. So that was the reason people say, all right, well, until April 15th, no one might do anything, because that's kind of when that period uh, concluded. Um, But there's all this pushback. Most lawyers say there's no teeth that is. Clearly, it's ridiculous. It won't actually be enforced. Basically, they may have just been issuing this clarification to appease this guy, right? Um, the, the net result right now today is that sportsbooks in Pennsylvania uh, and operators in Pennsylvania for online betting are making sure they have all their servers contained in the state. So previously, before this, they may have been using servers if they're part of a larger company, they were located in Jersey or Las Vegas right. or wherever it is. So now they have to, there's like literally have to locate a server within the boundaries of the state. And you know, there's some logistical things that come with that. And so there's a little bit of uncertainty. It's still coming, but that is why there's a delay now, because now they really want to make sure they're crossing their T's and dotting their I's. So you don't want to open yourself up to potential prosecution, however. Far-flung it is. That is why we're seeing a delay in PA betting, whereas we're not with New Jersey. Most of those so servers, I believe, are already already located there, so they're kind of operating under this guise anyway. But everyone now is just a little bit spooked and really wants to make sure they have all their, their boxes checked.
1: So at this point in the game, I can assume, come like August 1st, that I'm going to be able to bet on Bryce Harper and the Phillies on a Tuesday night, you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, this was one of the state officials, and I, I got to read through it better. We just read it a little before we record, basically saying uh, the end of the fiscal year, which ends at the end of June. June. So yeah. he said it could be the very end of the fiscal year, the very start of the next fiscal year, which would be early July. It seems pretty definite. It, it's not that the state is holding anything up at this point. The sports books, I know, you know, Park Sugar House are definitely ready to go. So, what's it going to look like when it goes live? Um, The wait definitely benefits DraftKings more than anybody, I would say. Here's why. Um, Sugarhouse is ready to go. They've had an app in New Jersey. The tech is there. Um, They have a brand in Philadelphia, obviously. So they would be ready to go. Parks does not have an app yet, but they have a brand in Philadelphia, and they are building furiously an app that I think would have been ready to go this spring. Um, They have their BetSlip builder as a mobile app. Um, solution to bet in their casino. So I'm guessing it would look like that. I think that was a way for them to kind of test out their tech. Those two would have been out of the gate. FanDuel has a partnership with Valley Forge Casino Resort. Um, It sounded like they were lagging behind, and here's where it gets a little confusing. Pennsylvania is different from New Jersey in that a casino in New Jersey, a licensed operator, can have up to three different companies it works with. So, for instance, BetStars and DraftKings are both backed by resorts in New Jersey. In Pennsylvania, each operator can only have one company one. they work yeah. with. And the added stipulation is that the main branding on their app has to be their own name. So Sugarhouse already has their own brand. Parks, no-brainer. They're a known brand in, in the eastern part of Pennsylvania. We're gonna, It's going to be the Park Sportsbook. Valley Forge Casino Resort has partnered with FanDuel. This will likely be a separate app from FanDuel Sportsbook, which is in New Jersey. It will likely be... Valley Forge Casino Resort powered by FanDuel, something like that. So it's really muddy in PA. DraftKings had no partnership with Well, One let's
1: let's talk about DraftKings real yeah, quick okay, cuz I think you you want to get into this. Yeah. Um DraftKings and uh Caesars this, this past week came out with this multi-state agreement, this yeah. partnership, and uh, initially, I mean, our text messages back and forth were, I guess this is DraftKings' path into Pennsylvania. We, I guess, sort of assumed, and we reached out to comment from uh, DraftKings. We were looking for comment from them to, to kind of validate this. Uh um, but the, the result was sort of surprising. We figured that this was the move that would bring DraftKings to Pennsylvania. But as we learned, uh, that's not the case.
0: Yeah, so they have this equity partnership with Caesars. It sounds like it's taking a little bit of a stake in them. And Caesars owns or has a, I guess they technically used to own the brand and now have the rights to the brand of Harris. There's a.
1: Yeah, it's a, they sold uh, the company um, or they sold off Harris and yeah. then they bought it back in like a lease. So it was like a sale and then a lease back deal.
0: So the net is they have the rights, the and operator they operate rights, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in Pennsylvania, so it seems like you would have said, okay, so Harris will be the operator uh, through Caesars that Draft will give DraftKings access to PA. But it turns out that's not the case. It sounds like Caesars wants to leverage the Harris brand in PA, which uh, honestly I don't think is a good idea. When you've seen what's happened to the quote unquote casino brands in New Jersey versus DraftKings and FanDuel. I'd want to leverage DraftKings everywhere I could, assuming you can get some more value out of it, um, even if your business arrangement, you know, they get some of the cut, of course. Um, so DraftKings right now still does not have a partner in PA. doesn't mean they won't. And the reason I think this delay is good for them is all along it sounded like they might be ready by football season, but they were going to get lapped or, you know, significantly behind the starting gate and allow Parks and Sugarhouse to gain market share during maybe the NCAA tournament, the NBA playoffs, some of baseball season... Now, if it's the summer, you get DraftKings has a chance to get their uh, footing under them. FanDuel gets a chance to kind of figure out how they're going to brand uh, this app with Valley Forge. You might see four or five apps. Um, Rivers Casino, which is owned by the same company that owns, uh, I believe, Parks or Sugarhouse. I'm sorry, Sugarhouse um, out in the Pittsburgh area uh, by Rush, Inter, uh, Rush Street. So the net result, might you might be four or five apps go live at once this summer. Closer to what happened in New Jersey last year. So. Good for DraftKings, the
1: delay. I'm interested to see what what happens in Pennsylvania with the promos and the sign-up bonuses. I mean, we've seen pretty aggressive offers from these apps in New Jersey. You know, DraftKings from the jump has basically been, you know, uh, match your first deposit up to 500 or FanDuel's run similar promotions. You know, whether it be $500 in free bets, first bet match. Um, In the Super Bowl, they ran 53-1 to odds on a win if you picked the outright winner of the Super Bowl. Really aggressive, enticing promotional offers offers from these books. Um, a lot of that is up to the state of New Jersey, though, and what they want to allow consumers to, you know, how can they market these apps to consumers? What are they willing to allow? Um, because at the end of the day, this, this does have a dangerous element to it for the individual user. People are taking their money and they're, they're risking it. Um, and so, you know, you want to keep away that predatory angle, and so you can't say, like, free $3,000, like, there are regulations with what these uh, different apps can offer. I'm interested to see because we see in just in general, New Jersey and Pennsylvania are very different in a lot of ways. The way that they regulate things, even down to alcohol is extraordinarily different. I'm interested to see if there's a more conservative cap on promotions, or if it's a bit more aggressive. I'm really, and I don't think that there's any way to know this at this point. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it, but it it is interesting to me. I just wonder, will Pennsylvania look exactly the same as New Jersey once this thing really develops and and plays out, or are we going to see a different market? different offers
0: yeah and i think what's interesting is that in new jersey the offers weren't as good early on and then DraftKings was offering 200 out of the gate FanDuel yeah. was offering uh like a hundred dollar risk-free bet and then bet stars started coming in with 500 offer and then so 500 has now kind of become the baseline however they kind of structure they all kind of end on that 500 number except for these short-term deals like the super bowl These 100-to-1, 53-to-1 odds boosts have done really well. They've also lost FanDuel, you know, quite a bit of money around the Super Bowl to gain market share. Um, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see bigger offers out of the gate in PA. But in New Jersey, each of these offers have to be approved by the DGE. New Jersey, say what you want about the state, their gaming department has their shit figured out. They've been doing this. you know. Obviously, it's a big casino state yeah. for a long time. They've had online casinos for multiple years now, so they have a process in place to quickly get this stuff vetted. New Jersey has been super impressive. Even us, as an affiliate, we have to register with the state. Super easy, super impressive. Pennsylvania, a little bit more cumbersome, and the tax rates for the books, the profitability for the sports books, and this is a, a big thing to consider here in PA, they're at a 36% tax rate, whereas it's like, I think 13 um, for online in New Jersey. I, I might be off by a couple points there. It's like two and a half times more, at least in Pennsylvania. So they're going to have lower margins. They might not be as willing to offer these big, crazy promos. And the other thing is, on this recurring basis, hey, we have a new offer. We want to do this one offer on the Oscars. We got a hundredth one promo. All those things have to get approved by the state. I am just guessing, I don't know this for sure, I'm just guessing that Pennsylvania does not have its system and processes in place to vet that stuff, approve it, and get an answer to an operator as quickly and efficiently as New Jersey does. I mean, it sounds like New Jersey can get these promotions approved within like 24 hours just knowing what I know of Pennsylvania, it I don't think that's going to be the case.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw that with the Oscars and dra- yeah. well, in DraftKings specifically. Yeah. Really, I mean, their initial odds offering on the Oscars was not very um, widespread. It was not wide ranging. It was uh, best picture. Yeah, it was best picture, yeah. and that was it. And then they released a few days later, uh, best director, uh, you know, ac- actor, actress, uh, screenplay. There were more options as things progressed, and that's because they needed approval from the state to do it to offer it so uh, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. Um, I'm really interested to see not only in, New, you know, New Jersey and Pennsylvania and moving forward, what other types of offerings we get. I mean, it was kind of cool to sit down, watch the Oscars and say, hey, there's a full betting menu here as if it was the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, so it, this thing is evolving. It's still in its infancy. It's it's very, very exciting. And I know that people in Pennsylvania are certainly ready to kind of get involved with this.
0: Yeah. And I honestly, I think it's as good place, uh, as good of a sales pitch as any for what we're trying to do here. So. So, if you like what you're here, you're on the fence about subscribing. Head on over to crossingbroad.com. You can see our sports betting section. Uh, follow us on social media, obviously at Crossing Broad, Twitter, and Facebook. Our betting only vertical is at CB Broadlines on Instagram specifically, um, and CB Broadlines on Facebook. Instagram, you're going to see a lot of our 60 second videos um, on a daily basis talking about gains, lines, trends for that evening. And uh, another thing we're going to do here is walk you through this process, regardless of which state you're in. There's going to be a lot of confusion and questions and where are the best promos, where are the best odds. Part of our service that we're trying, value we're trying to add here is not only give you the sports aspects of it, but also walk you through the market, where you can play, what you need to know, um, either before and after betting is live. So give us a follow, Um, be sure to subscribe. Podcast will probably be weekly uh, until we get going here. And then we anticipate having 20-minute shows for your commute home every afternoon talking about the slate that night, be, be it basketball. Uh, Football is more of a weekly thing. Baseball, baseball even at a certain point. So, uh, yeah, you got anything that? No,
1: I think that pretty much sums it up. All
0: right, we get, get, be sure to give us a like. Five stars if you like what you hear. Subscribe. Uh, we'll be in all the major podcast uh, uh, platforms and apps over the next few days here. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting getting started.